Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, the Hawks need to take advantage. I'm taking Keon White before I'm taking a defensive back. And why you take your pass rush in the first round. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Landing into your search browser. When you get there, please hit that subscribe button. Be a part of our ever-growing community. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple, all of your favorites. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are there as well. Check us out on those platforms and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That is at JMCH316. Well, it was a pretty good weekend, all things considered, for the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, we talked about going into the weekend about how they were going to play Utah on Friday night and then they were going to play Denver on Saturday night. Now, look, Trey Young and all that out on Saturday, but realistically, as I explained last week, my buddy Sam Mitchell talked about the toughest thing to do in the NBA was play back-to-back games where the second night is in Denver. You just don't get adjusted to the altitude and everything else. He always said that that was the toughest thing to do in the NBA. So I'm not surprised at all that the Hawks, you know, they kept it close for a while. Well, they got they got down big and they got it back, I think, eight points or whatever like that. They ended up losing for the Atlanta Hawks. They won 115-108 over the Utah Jazz in their building. Now they have a chance coming up tomorrow night to wrap up this road trip in New Orleans. And by the way, New Orleans has won two games in a row, but they had lost, what, 10 straight? So they're even over their last 10. They're two and eight over their last 10. But they had won a couple, they they won their last two games in a row, but certainly had fell backward heavily over this last couple few weeks or whatever like that. The Hawks need to take advantage tonight or uh, tomorrow night. Hawks need to take advantage. If they can find a way to go three and two on this road trip, honestly, it exceeded expectations. We came into this thing saying, okay, just be two and three. Just be two and three on the road trip. You probably don't lose a lot of ground. You keep pace. You stay the course. And then when you get home, then we can start talking about trade deadline. But if they had gone one and four, oh, and five, which again, they were oh, and four when they played the non California teams early last year, then that would have been probably a different discussion. Now it feels like, okay, we can beat New Orleans three and two on the road trip. You look at some of their upcoming games, and I've talked about the idea of, you know, the schedule does get a little bit harder. You got Phoenix, though. So when you first come home, Phoenix, then San Antonio, and then at Charlotte, okay, you can figure some of those teams out. You just beat you uh, Phoenix by 32 points or whatever like that. San Antonio is not a very good team. Certainly you can win in Charlotte. Then it starts to get cranked up. 
New York, the, the Knickerbockers, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Washington, Portland, Miami. So you start to get, and then, you know, the, the uh, Miami games, Washington games, those are all on the road. And then you got Boston. And so the schedule starts to get cranked up, okay? When you get past this trade deadline, and really when you get past Valentine's Day, the schedule starts to amp itself up. And one of the things about the Atlanta Hawks is they have not done a good job of taking advantage of anything in the schedule. They have had no consistency. They have certainly not, you know, played up to their expectations. You know, it's two game losing streak here. Then you win a game, then you lose a couple, then you win three in a row. They had that one five game winning streak. And we talked about the idea of they didn't take advantage of the schedule when they played a whole bunch of below average teams to the end of the calendar year of 2022, right? We talked about the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving until the end of the season, you were going to play a lot of teams that were substandard below par and you didn't take advantage of it. Hawks have to try to take advantage of this schedule right now. You know, yes, you're on the road, but you can beat New Orleans. You know, again, they've won two in a row, but you certainly can beat New Orleans. Hopefully Trey Young is back and he plays and all that good kind of stuff. Then you've got a couple few games with Phoenix, San Antonio, and then at Charlotte that you have to start trying to get a winning streak going together. Because it's it look, this thing can turn on a dime when you start talking about the Knicks, the Cavs, Boston, Washington. Like this thing can turn on a dime. And and the way the Hawks are, they've not taken advantage of their schedule and they've shown no consistency. There's probably not a better time for the Hawks to try to look at reeling off a whole bunch of wins than right now. And when I say a whole bunch, I mean, look, if they can get a five or six game winning streak going here, let's get that thing going. Because season's below 30 games right now. You know, this thing will be over in the blink of an eye. You know, before you know it, it's a short month. It's going to go by quickly, and the Hawks are only going to have a handful of games left. And with the Kyrie trade going to Dallas, you know, you probably upset the Apple cart a little bit in the East because Brooklyn probably isn't the same team. You know, even with what everything that they had with Brooklyn, you take away Kyrie, who'd played really well while Durant was out. They're the four seed right now. You don't expect them to maybe be as good as what they were. So there's an opportunity and an advantage that the Hawks got to take. When you talk about the Knicks and the Cavs and Brooklyn, those teams are directly ahead of you. And it would certainly be good to go into a, a, you know, a series, you know, some of those games having rattled off four, five, six in a row. Now, look, anytime you're playing on the road, a Western Conference team, you know, and, and, it, and realistically, even if the Hawks lose, on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, even if they lose, it's it's not the end of the world, and it hasn't been necessarily a disappointing road trip. But you haven't taken advantage of the schedule at enough times for the Atlanta Hawks. They've not done enough, and now we're sixty percent. You know, we're almost we're almost two thirds of the way through the season, and at this point, the Hawks have not taken advantage of their schedule. They've not taken advantage of what the Eastern Conference is. They've certainly not played up to expectations. 
just bing, 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 bing for the Atlanta Hawks. And it's been frustrating. It's been maddening. You know, Trey's shooting performance, John Collins' shooting performance, DeAndre Hunter's effect on the court, and on and on and on and on. Injuries and everything else. Well, reality is you can't fix all those things in the past, okay? But at this point, you can figure some things out moving forward. And at some point, you have to take advantage of the schedule the way it works in the NBA. If you don't take advantage of it in little blips and bloops and different little chunks and chinks and different things like that, then you're going to find yourself 8, 9, 10 seed and where are we and we can't get anything going and stuff. So Hawks really have an advantage. They need to wrap up this road streak, this five-game road streak, with a win. You can beat the Pelicans, then you come home, and you have three games that are very winnable, San Antonio, Phoenix, and then at Charlotte. Then before you know you get into the Knicks and the Cavs and Boston and Washington and all those other teams, you can start to accumulate some wins and get your confidence up and then we probably have a different discussion when the trade deadline hits. Well, I want to talk about my friends over at FanDuel. Listen, we are excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And listen, if you're new to FanDuel, we've got a really great deal for you here. So we've got all kinds of things when we're getting ready for Super Bowl 57. So right now you can download FanDuel. Get in on the action on Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet. The no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your very first bet doesn't win. So if your first bet doesn't win, you can qualify for as much as $3,000 in bonus bets. Now, FanDuel's got everything, money lines, point spreads, who's going to score the first touchdown, all kinds of player props. It's a safe, secure, and super easy to use app. Best of all, you get your winnings paid to you instantly. So join FanDuel.com today. FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the NFL. So when it comes to the Falcons draft, and I've looked at all kinds of mocks and things like that, and we talk about a lot of mock drafts on my radio show. There's a lot of chatter about the Atlanta Falcons taking something other than an edge player, a defensive end, not offensive line, you know, there's a lot of chatter and talk about whether it's Joey Porter Jr., <clears throat> who's a cornerback, Brian Branch, who's uh, a safety slash corner, guys that stand 10 yards away from where the ball is spotted, right? Put the ball down on the ground, okay? Mark it right there on the field, okay? And we talk about guys in mocks that stand 10 yards away. Can't do it. You know, and look, maybe Keon White, who excelled at the Senior Bowl, 
He's played at Georgia Tech. He obviously transferred from Old Dominion, okay? And while he doesn't have a body of work, he did look good at the Senior Bowl all through the weeks of practice and stuff like that. But can I tell you, and we'll talk about this in, in a few minutes, you roll your dice on your pass rusher here before you go picking wide receivers, unicorns, cornerbacks, and everything like that. You know, I got all frustrated by the article from NFL.com last week, last Friday, looking at, you know, building your roster and different things like that. Okay. You know why you win in the NFL? You win in the NFL because you are consistently good at quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. And right now, frankly, we're deficient as to where we're at with that. We don't know or have or an understanding of, is our quarterback situation solved? Is it not solved? We think that we have our offensive line solved. We've put lots of resources in. Jake's a first-round pick. McGarry's first-round pick. Lindstrom's first-round pick. You feel like it's going in the right direction. If they can sign McGarry back up, which I don't want to touch him for the $18 million franchise tag, but you can sign him up for a reasonable amount of money. Okay, bring him all back. But for us in the first pick of our draft, you know, for the eighth pick overall in the NFL draft, we're drafting anybody. Again, standing 10 yards away out there, way out there. I don't care if they are a shutdown corner. I don't care if they're Deion Sanders way out there right we we got to draft one of those guys that stands right up front stands <clears throat> five six feet from the football right referee puts the football down you're on defense you have a guy that's not standing six or seven feet from you from the ball can't can't draft those guys that that are further away than that yes i like porter Yes, I like Branch. I like these guys. But I'd rather roll the dice on a Keon White, who, when you look at his career, okay, played at Old Dominion in Conference USA, okay? In his sophomore year, he had three and a half sacks. Didn't have anything in his first year. In 12 games, he had three and a half sacks. And then, you know, um, he transferred over to Georgia Tech. And in 2021, he played four games for Tech. Didn't record a sack, um, had half a tackle for loss. But then he had a breakout season. Last year, 12 games, he had 14 tackles for loss. And he had seven and a half sacks. So maybe he doesn't have the body of work of some other guys. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have the track record that even Miles Murphy or Brissy out of Clemson, all the Clemson guys, Maybe he doesn't have the track record that some of those guys got. Maybe he doesn't have the consistency. Maybe he was a one-hit wonder. But can I tell you, though, realistically, I will roll the dice on a guy like that before I get somebody standing way 10 yards out that way, way down the field. Here's the football, way over here, okay? I'll take I'll take the guy that stands five, six feet from the football. And look, he's got a lot of upside. You know, he certainly he certainly is a guy physically 6'4, 267. You know, obviously he had a really good showing. He had a good showing all through the week. 
And look, he's probably going to be the first top 10 pick for Georgia Tech since Demarius Thomas. I think the last two top 10 picks were Demarius Thomas and then Calvin Johnson. That's the last time that that anybody has been picked in the top 10. And certainly, I don't know if there's ever been a defensive player that's been picked in the top 10. I think the last defensive player that I can think of just off top of my head without looking up any information is a Tauchu, right? That's the last time a guy was picked on the defensive side of the football. So the fact that, you know, I know he doesn't have a good body of work. I know he hasn't had consistent success and things like that. But sometimes when you get one of those breakout guys and and they, it just clicks for them, you know, maybe with some good coaching, you know, how about if Keon White besides, you know, he'll, he'll work out his pro day at Tech and, you know, he's obviously been in the senior bowl and all that kind of stuff. Maybe go work with Chuck Smith. I got a hookup with you. I got, I got, I got Chuck's, I got Chuck's phone number right here in my phone. I can, I can call Chuck. I've worked with Chuck. Want me to, Keon, want me to call Chuck? Maybe he's already working with Chuck Smith, but if you're not, hey, I got my phone here handy. I, I can call Chuck up and I can say, hey, Chuck, um, this Chuckery over here. Can you, uh, can you give Keon White and, and make him better? Because I would much rather, okay, let me emphasize this. I would much rather roll the dice on a guy who stands four, five, six feet from the football than to have somebody way out here, depending on even if even if they feel like that they're all world or anything like that. Okay. And even on the offensive side of the ball, I'll take an offensive line. If you told me that we're going to take a right tackle, fine, I'll do that. If you told me that CJ Stroud was the pick, fine. He stands right by the football, doesn't he? He stands really close to the football. Only one guy. The guy that stands in front of him at center is the only guy closer to the football than him. But outside of that, while I understand, you know, best available player and all that kind of stuff, to win in the NFL, you get your offensive line, you get your defensive line, you get your quarterback fixed. Until you get those three things fixed, you won't be good as a franchise. That's reality in the NFL. You can't gimmick your way to things in the NFL. You have to be good on your lines of scrimmage. You have to be really good at quarterback. And if you don't get that part of it fixed, then you're up crap creek without a paddle. Give me Keon White before I draft all these corners and safeties and things. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, you're looking for uh, those, you know, snacks your your new year new me I'm, I'm getting in shape and all this good kind of stuff and and look i i personally you know i had the stroke back in mid-december i've cut all sugar out of my diet okay i'm eating brain food i'm walnuts avocados and different things like that but i'm always looking for a quick easy to go snack built bar has got your answer okay so whether you do it the traditional way you go to built.com put together your order or now you can go to Sam's Club or Walmart and get your box of Built Bars. So you can go to the brick and mortar store, which I always prefer to do. I always prefer going to, you know, the brick and mortar store. But you can go there now to Walmart or Sam's Club, get your boxes. All your favorite flavors are there. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut uh, almond, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. And whether you want the traditional Built Bars 
or whether you want the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, everything that they have is going to be low sugar, low carb, low calorie, usually only about 130 calories with four grams of sugar, but they give you that 17 grams of protein to go along with it. So whether you want to go the traditional route and, and look at all the different products through built.com or whether you want to just drive on over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, there's tens of thousands right there on the corners for you. You can go get your box of Built Bars today. Head to built.com, now head to Walmart, now head to uh, Sam's Club and get your low calorie, low carb, low sugar, but high protein snacks, all with the convenience of whether online or at the store, it's built and built.com. So I brought this stat up on Friday night's radio show, okay? This is why you go and get your pass rush in the first round. And it goes without saying, okay? Yes, you have to draft well, okay? Like you you, you can't just draft bums and vagabonds and, and you know, mooks and all this kind. You, you have to draft well. You have to get high caliber players, okay? I would think that doesn't have to be explained, but okay. So I'll explain it to everybody, okay? But listen to this. When you look at the active sack leaders in the NFL, okay? Von Miller one, Cam Jordan two, J.J. Watt, and I know he's retiring, okay? So I know that. Chandler Jones, Justin Houston, Aaron Donald, Quinn, Dunlap, Campbell, Pierre Paul, Mack, Hayward, uh, T.J. Watt, Garrett, Sue, Hunter, Graham, Addison, Jerry Hughes, Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones, uh, Yannick uh, Ngakwe, uh, Juden Bosa McCoy, okay? Guess what a lot of those guys have in common, okay? This is how it breaks down, okay? Seven of the top 10 active sack leaders are first-round picks. Seven of the top 10 are active first-round picks or, or for active sack leaders are first-round picks. 16 out of the 23, because there are three guys tied at number 20, are first-round picks. And then I think it's 17 uh, out of 20. It, it's going to be the same percentage when I give it to you all, okay? And then it's, I think, 17 or 18 that in the top 25 are first-round picks. So when you do the math, and you can go through and, and do like I did, Von Miller, Cam Jordan, J.J. Watt, okay. You can go through. Seven of the top 10 picks, 70% are first rounders. Picks, or, or sorry, the active sack leaders from one through 20, 70% are first rounders. Then you go one through 25, and 68% of those guys are first round picks. So here in a nutshell, top 10, top 20, top 25, you have to draft your guys in the first round. And I appreciate, well, we we, we got to have a unicorn and, and we got to have a wide receiver and all that kind of stuff. And, and I keep going back to this article that just, it, 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 it frustrated me because they're like, oh, well, you can build rosters. Anyway, no, you can't. No, no, you can't. There's one way to build a roster that is set up for long-term success in the NFL, okay? And it's not, I can I can give you all the numbers. You better be really good to outstanding at your quarterback position. 
You better be really good to outstanding on your offensive line, and you better be really good to outstanding on your defensive line. That's the only three things that win consistently in the NFL. You can be really good at wide receiver, really good at tight end, or be very average. You can be really good or very average at running. You can be below. You can be all of those other things. But if you're not really good at quarterback, O-line, D-line, you're not going to be a good, consistent winner. Why do we keep being a non-consistent? Because we don't get high-caliber players at the positions that win. And we don't invest in high-caliber guys that are first-round picks that win in the NFL. Now, look, offensive line. They've drafted uh, McGarry. They've drafted Lindstrom. They've drafted Jake Matthews. That's three first-rounders. And guess what? We feel like we have more of our offensive line in place. And, yes, if they would have drafted Panay Sewell and you could have put Panay Sewell at right tackle, Jake at left, switch those guys up in three years, move McGarry inside, you'd have your O-line fixed. But, okay, since we didn't, can't do all of that, First-round pass rush, and this is what I'm talking about with Keon White. You can't wait and linger around the top guys in the NFL at a 70% clip of the current sack rate, whether top 10, top 20, top 25. It's not random happenstance. It's not coincidental. It's not just one of those things. It's not just, wow, you know, this is a unique stat. Wow, this is pure luck and things like that. You have to draft high caliber first round players that can get after the quarterback. And that's why that I don't want to wait. That's why I'd rather roll the dice on a Keon White or somebody like that, whether it's best available player or things like that. Because by and large, you know, like of the top 25 guys, it's like three second rounders. So that's 12% of the players. It's a couple of third rounders. That's like 8%. It's a fifth round guy that's in the top 25. That's like 2%. And then it's an undrafted free agent. I think Juden is the undrafted free agent. That's like 2%. It's so far and away your first round pass rush talent that gets it done in the NFL. You draft high caliber guys in the first round that sack the quarterback. There really aren't 83 other ways to skin the cat, right? You know, yeah, you can build your offensive line through some other guys, and you can get some lower draft picks, stuff like that. Yeah, maybe you can figure out your quarterback here and that. But the vast, vast majority, when you're talking about top 10, top 20, top 25, 70% of the active sack leaders, whether top 10, top 20, top 25, come from the first round. Because that's where the high caliber guys are. Look, even Vic Beasley, even though he flamed out, we beg for, you know, not just his 15th sack season, but even his eight and eight and a half sack seasons, seven and a half sacks. We beg for that now. And even he 
you know, and all the things he couldn't do when he had that monster year, breakout year, the quarterback was the number one reason. Vic Beasley was the number two reason that we stood in the Super Bowl. Not because we played good enough defense or ran the football. None of that. You had outstanding quarterback play, and you had an outstanding guy that could get to the quarterback. And when you put those two things together, and your offensive line was really good, really good with, you know, with Alex Mack at center, you know, Jake at tap. You know, you could afford to have Chris Chester playing left guard. Levitre, you know, Ryan Schrader, you could afford to have Chris Chester play. Your offensive line was really good. Your sack in the quarterback was outstanding, and your quarterback was lights out. Those guys come from the first round. Now, again, Falcons have drafted first round. Tack McKinley, Vic Beasley, those guys haven't worked themselves out. But you go in the first round when you're looking for pass rush. You don't wait till the third, the fourth, the fifth round and hope for guys because by and large, they literally are so underrepresented. You barely make a dent in it in the second round. You barely make a dent even less in the third round. And you pretty much are SOL, crap out of luck, when you get past the third round get your pass rusher in the first round. The numbers tell you that's where it is. All right, we thank you so much for making Hit and Hard first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com. Locked, uh, put Locked on Sports Atlantic into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, mash that button or click it virtually, whatever it is that you do. But we're trying to grow to 6,000 folks on our YouTube page. We are also available to download for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites, download us for free there. Roku and Amazon Fire, two other ways that you can listen to us as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. It is at JMCH316. We'll be back with you tomorrow on this Tuesday. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.